What's up, Jock? This is Bugs Bunny, and you're tuning into This Means Podcast. Hello, dear listeners. Before we begin, I want to let you know that I'm giving away a copy of Sonic the Hedgehog on Blu-ray, along with a Looney Tunes tote bag from Capeworthy. Follow the Instagram to enter, and continue listening for more details about the giveaway near the end. Without further ado, on with the show. Are you ready, eager young space cadets? Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today to celebrate Bugs's 80th is an artist extraordinaire who has a knack for capturing those minimal expressions of character, but also loves the game of baseball. I bring to you as Preston. Thank you, Preston, for being on the show. Um, friends and, and fellow artists and collectors can find you at sprestondesigns.com. Uh, they can see your work there, and you currently have a tie-in with Looney Tunes and the Chuck Jones Gallery with baseball bugs, and it's a phenomenal, minimal print, and I love it. It's it's uh, bugs on the mound getting ready for the pitch. He's winding up, and you have a variant. Uh, there we all one for all thirty teams. One for all thirty teams. Okay, so thirty different variants that you could collect, and yeah. they're just fantastic. Um, so Preston, thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome. Thank you, thank you. Love being here. It's it's not only baseball bugs um, or base bugs bunny's eighth anniversary. It's also the opening day today, so it's actually very very good timing. <laughs> yes, I wanted to get you on to commemorate both, and I'm so glad that we can make this happen. Um, I've been a baseball fan my entire life, and it sounds like you have as well. Yes. Awesome. Do you have a favorite team right now, or are you just excited for the game to begin? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a baseball fan, so I'm jonesing for any baseball team. I, I grew up in Canada, so I was a Blue Jay fan. Uh, so 92-93, like obviously as a Canadian, I was a big hockey fan, but 92-93, I started really loving baseball. And, and over time, I started finding that I would be watching a hockey game and I'd be switching over to the baseball game um, whenever the baseball, the Blue Jays were on. So I, I slowly over time started becoming more and more a baseball fan. And then once I got uh, licensed with Major League Baseball, uh, I moved down here to, um, to, to California. And now I live and breathe and I love, I, I love baseball. I love the sight and sound of a baseball game is so different than so other sports. Exactly. I do live drawings at the ballpark all the time. And it's literally just, I don't need to watch a game. I can just keep score, draw at a ballpark. It's just the sights and sounds are, and smells are just part of the whole baseball experience. It's really soothing to me as well. I know a lot of friends go there to drink and just like to hang out, but just being there is a really communal and uh, almost um, uh, uh, whenever people do yoga, like that kind of Zen feel. That's yeah. what I get whenever I'm there. Agreed. hundred percent agree. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I live and breathe baseball. I live and breathe, but then now I'm in the, into sort of the pop culture, Comic-Con world and just be able to, that, it's just so cool. It's fun. It's the best of both yeah. worlds. 
Yeah. <laughs> I find, so I, my, my original collection of MLB licensed artwork is not around the game. It's more around uh, what I call the culture of the game. So it's, it's the stadiums, it's the mascots, it's the food, it's the logos. It's not, it's, it's just sort of how we feel about the game. And so that's why I think it translates in. And that's why it was my focus as an artist um, is to, is to, um, pull apart, take the minimalism and pull apart the things that we love about it. Whether or not your team's good or your team's bad or a player you hate or don't like, doesn't matter. We're going to love certain things about the game. And that's, that's uh, what my focus as an artist will, is always about. I'm so glad you brought up the stadiums because I, I looked through that uh, collection and the stadiums are just gorgeous. And you really captured the personality, I think, of the stadiums themselves. So yeah. kudos on yeah. that. Well, I, don't, I can't, I don't have the display, but there's, I just picked a one little portion of each ballpark, like the, like the, the outfield, the Dodger stadium or the freeze in, 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 in Yankee stadium or the green monster in, in Boston and just made a clean minimalist piece of art. And you know what, if you're a fan of that team, you know what that is. That's, that's the key. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so today is the start of baseball season and we're going to have uh, two teams that are playing today or two games, uh, the Yankees and nationals and the giants and Dodgers. I, I'm living in California. I usually gravitate to the California games, but honestly, I'm going to be watching both of these (laughs) because I I need baseball back in my life. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. It's funny how this COVID experience has got us to, to really gravitate toward the things that we love and and we miss. uh, And I mean, speaking to Looney Tunes too, as we start watching more shows and the, and we're rewatching the things that we loved a lot and we're, we're craving sports. So um, it's definitely, uh, definitely been an interesting time for us. Exactly. And so the minimalist Bugs Bunny collection that you have, is yeah. that in coordinates with the Chuck Jones Gallery? And did you have to get approvals from them for your design? Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll tell you the quick story of how that came about. Um, I have a gallery in Anaheim. It's right right beside near Disneyland. Um, and then the Chuck Jones Gallery opened up a pop-up shop next door. And oh, excellent. I really, really like, I was like, man, I really want to do some Chuck Jones art. I, I, the curator's right over there. How am I going to ask them? I was like trying to give myself enough courage to ask them. Next thing you know, they walk in like, we love it. Let's do something. So, um, so I, that was so excited. So I did about, I did six, a collection of six minimalist episodes okay. with Hazel's, you know, feet sticking up with, um, with the hairpins flying out. And, oh, fantastic. Um, and uh, what's opera doc and uh, and, a whole, and a whole bunch of others. So um, I did I did that, and one of them was baseball bugs. It's, it's this one, this that scene of, of him holding things. So that was part of the collection. So so we relaunched those uh, last year at Comic Con. Uh, we I did a big signing and everything there at their gallery in San Diego a year ago. And then um, and then the Los Angeles All Star Game is here this year, right? Was, was supposed to be here this year. Right. And I'm a mascot artist, and we were like we don't have a mascot at the Dodgers. This is, this is tragic. I'm, I focus so much <laughs> on mascots, but what are we going to do? And then one of my, uh, one of my guys were like, we should turn your baseball bugs into your mascot. We should put all the logos on it. People will love that. And oh, uh, I was like, well, who else can do it? I'm licensed with major league baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm working with Chuck Jones and why not we put them together? And it just turned into this like awesome experience of being able to co-brand and they both jumped on it. They both loved the idea. It was just how rare is that? So that's serendipitous right there. Right? Yeah. Like, the Looney Tunes and baseball really haven't been together since the nineties. Like, do you remember the upper deck cards that, that came out? And, oh, you're right. And basically no one's really done this since then. 
And I, that's wow. what I think is, uh, I, I was like, that's the reminiscence that, 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 that this is triggering people. It's like, oh yeah, those Ken Griffey juniors with, with, with Taz and stuff like that. And, and it, I feel like I'm bringing back that memory too, which is really cool. That is really cool. Well, congratulations. You have done art for many all-star games in the MLB as well as the NHL. Yes. And do you have a favorite piece you've done or are they all your children? Uh, yes, there are, there are some pretty, uh, popular pieces. Uh, that's actually for Cleveland. Let's see if I can, I can, it was there. There it is. It's the it it uh, record with the, uh, with the, um, baseball in the middle. So I nice. do a sketch for all, every all-star game. There's some, the Washington was really, really a cool one with the cherry blossoms of Washington, DC. But if you look at it closely, you'll see a baseball sort of within the leaves it, uh, the silhouette of a baseball and yeah I, I, I like to do those, those clever unique things with each um, each major event oh that's excellent and um, congratulations on on all of that that's that's so amazing yeah um, thank you. so when was the last time you watched baseball bugs uh, the short oh I went at that time a year ago I mean I probably saw about 10 times um, oh, okay <laughs> and I had 15 ideas. There was, there's that one where he holds, where he cuts down, cuts down the giant tree. And oh, I yeah. have this minimalist <laughs> a little gas house gorilla at the bottom corner of this giant tree with leaves on it. That was one of my ideas. Um, I have this, I had this other idea of sort of uh, baseball bugs his back pocket. And in the back is his like, is, is a carrot hanging out of his pocket. And, you know, uh, so I had a, I had a couple ideas that I was playing around with. Um, so, but we finally landed on, on sort of the, just him on the pitching mat. I think that was, that was the first, first way out of it. So, but I do plan on doing a gas house gorillas. I think that would be a good complimentary piece. I totally agree. I love the gas house gorillas. And I also love the framing that you chose for the bugs on the mound. It's on that hard corner. Did, did you have, um, did you have that in mind whenever you were developing it or did that come out later or did that um, idea come later? I think a lot of my art, uh, I always hate when people say this, but it's true. I, I'm, I zoom in a lot and I crop a lot. And that's a lot of the, that of how I execute my minimalism. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for example, the ballparks, I just kind of zoom straight into a little spot that you, if you know it, you know it. So, so I like that big negative space of the sky. It gives you, it's, it's bold, it's bright. It gives you that baseball feeling that it's your outdoors. Um, yeah. But using that negative space to draw your eye down to a, a certain moment and, um, and, and always I, I take the artwork and I just keep on cropping it down until I think that it's recognizable only to you that understand it. And that's, that's excellent. That's my, the core of my art. So, um, so it's always cropping, moving things to the corners um, um, and trying to figure out a clean balance of art. Well, it's striking and I love it. Uh, like I think it captures the eye and also it captures the personality. Like you're looking at Bugs' eye, but also you're you're realizing you're outside. You're realizing like this pitch is very important. And I think that the air around him is as important as he is in the frame. Thank you. I, I think I also envision like in that episode, Baseball Bugs throws a bunch of different types of pitches, right? So mm -hmm. um, so it's like which pitch is coming, which which of these many pitches that he that he throws at the Gascals Gorillas, we don't know. That's sort of the batter's eye of it. So I think that's kind of cool. I agree. Uh, so baseball bugs came out in 1946. This was the first Freeling wow. cartoon and it obviously made an impact because we're still talking about it today. Right. And, uh, it's one of my favorites. I remember watching this as a kid and, you know, 
having a bowl of cereal with me and just like enjoying Saturday morning cartoons, but also loving baseball and loving Looney Tunes and having this episode like just encompass both. And I just, you know, I fell in love with it. Yeah, yeah. The polo grounds bring back all those old things uh, about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really enjoy the gag where Bugs is. Uh, playing every position and the announcer is just going over uh, third base, Bugs Bunny, left field, Bugs Bunny, right field, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that joke is also uh, replayed in Sonic, the new Sonic movie. I don't know if you saw that. No. Um, but there's a, there's a scene where Sonic is playing every position against himself who's batting. Okay. And it's just a really nice callback to this classic episode. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, one of the cool things about baseball bugs that were, were that's what's happening is that I've always envisioned um, like it is a swapping out of jerseys, but I've always envisioned mm -hmm. throughout the season there are all a bunch of unique events throughout the MLB, uh, like Players Weekend where they have different hats and jer jerseys and Mother's Day oh, yeah. and, and and things like that. And I get get an opportunity to take one take that piece of art and create something unique for each fan base uh, and, and for each event. So, for example, the Field of Dreams games uh, was is planned here and. Um, they were going to wear a special uniform so I can make a commemorative baseball bugs feel the dreams game um, piece and you know make it limited of, of like five or ten or, or you know a hundred or whatever it is and just make something very unique for that fan base. Um, we've also found that um, so Ohio State asked me to do something for their baseball team um, and so I think there's a really great opportunity to take this concept of creating one piece of art and then um, and then addressing each fan base and creating something unique for that fan because um, mm -hmm. I, I know we, uh, we talked in the past about about how uh, we we're just fans of all the teams but yes. in reality a lot of sports fans only care about their team they, yes yes the Yankees are on but if, if there's a Dodgers logo on some they just like their team so right. to create something unique for each fan base is really cool um, um, I'd love to do a minor league team. Actually, a team from Australia asked me to do something. So I think there's oh, wow. a really great opportunity to sort of ex explore Bugs Bunny or, you know, or Tweety Bird in, in baseball gear or, or anything else in, to, to, in this world of sports and, and, and pop culture. Absolutely. And I, I really love the idea of doing variants with, within this concept and having other, I guess, lesser known teams get the spotlight for a minute and you're talking about the ohio uh college i think it was yeah. baseball team i think that's a really great opportunity because it not only elevates their school but it also elevates this art and more yeah. more eyes get on it and i think that's really important especially in today's uh culture where we see something and then five seconds later we've already moved on and i think the fact that there's so much opportunity here for variants and for keeping the art alive is really exciting to me as well as I'm sure to you, the creator. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really great. I love that people are reaching out to you about this and I never thought about um, the variants for the holidays, but that's great too. Like having the different uh, sponsorships or whenever they, there's like breast cancer awareness month and everything yeah. and, uh, and mother's day, as you were saying, I think that's really important to shine a light on as well. So. Okay. Saying that. What, great. One of the things actually I think is really cool, and I actually what I wasn't really going to say it, but I'll let you guys let you know that we're talking with the Negro League. There's going to be a Negro League game oh, wow. uh, for the hundredth anniversary of it, and so it was quite easy for me to quickly mock up the um, the Birmingham Black Black Barons and the you know Homestead Grays, and I did a and I did the KC the KC Monarchs quickly threw the logos on and just pitched it to to the Negro League. 
for that. And I just think it creates, it creates an opportunity to celebrate all the little things throughout life. That's yeah. These unique events. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm that's excited fantastic. about that because I think baseball bugs represents so much of our, of that era. Yeah. In um, our era now and the, and the voice that we want to, we want to say now. So. Absolutely. And in these times, it's very important for that representation to matter and to be put out there. So yeah. that's, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm excited for that too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely planning on more characters, more sports and, um, and just, you know, finding, finding very unique ways to cross these things, the things that we love. Fantastic. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time, uh, Preston. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for giving our listeners an insight into the process and into your take on this character and, and these sport icons and all these variants that we we have to look at so um thank you for being here i wanted to give a shout out to your website which is uh sprestondesigns.com you can see all the prints there and order them uh online and you have you're fully online everything is available through the website right yes yes absolutely great Uh, also these baseball bugs are also available on mlb.com so you can also get it there at the mlb shop um, oh, perfect. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, you can be found on Twitter at Poot Poot. <laughs> Poot Poot. Yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> a little tongue in cheek. I just like to do things fun. So No, I love it. I love it. Thank you very much for doing this. This is uh, it's pretty exciting to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I cannot wait to talk more with you if you do variants and you want to come back on the show to talk about those. Like, I would love to do that. And, you know, any events that are coming up with uh, with the MLB and any art that you and, do in the future, feel free to let me know. Field questions. If anyone comes back and says, I want this team, I want to see this. I, I, that's part of the fun of doing art is, is, is making sure everyone's um, everyone has something that they like. So if they ever come back and see something, I'm happy to listen to it. So you hear that, listeners, put that in the comments. If you want a specific design. <laughs> with- yeah, your minor league team or something, I don't know. Or your sport. I'll, I'll, let's let's yeah. Let's try it. Let's do it. Let us know. Let us know. All right, Preston. Thank you so much for being on. And now I'd like to present to you an additional segment with Looney Tunes fan and animation detective Charlie Pritchard as we discuss the classic short Baseball Bugs. Thank you so much, Chase, for being on the show. I wanted to just quickly do a really fun highlight of a specific short with you called yeah, yeah. Baseball Bugs. Oh, oh, we, we got a good one. This is a great one. This is a, a Frizz Freeling short from 1946, a story by Michael Maltese, and it's one of my faves. I love baseball, and I love when Bugs is involved, and this is just the oh, yeah. seminal classic that brought the two together. Yeah, I'm not sure this is my personal favorite of, like, the Frizz's Bugs buddies, but, oh, yeah, this is easy. Top 20 Bugs, like, top 20, top 30. It's whatever. It's a masterpiece. There's, there's no question about it. It's just a wonderful one. I, I am so excited to talk about this one. All right, let's get started. So, let's do Death it. House Gorillas versus the Teetotalers is the game that's on, and Bugs is, you know, and I think he's in the outfield, just, you know, ranting and being obnoxious and saying that they're a bunch of cheaters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the Death House Gorillas are a bunch of dirty players. Why well, I could lick them in a ball game with one hand tied behind my back, all by myself, yeah. Rightfully so, because the Gas House Gorillas are just wiping the floor with the teetotalers who are, I think, senior citizens. I'm only 93 and a half years old. 
and uh, and Bugs is like, I could beat you with one arm tied behind my back. Yeah, and... he was basically being an Airdrop troll before it was cool to be so. Well, I don't know if it's cool to be so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it ever made it that far. But that's uh, true. That's true. But Bugs is definitely being very antagonistic toward the uh, the winning team, if you can call them that. Yeah, and... a lot of a lot of beautiful animation on on that scene. I love it a lot. It is, and I also want to just to jump back. Uh, so this begins with a title card that says Bugs Bunny. It's obviously a starring vehicle for him. Totally. And I was wondering, do you know who animated those title cards with bugs on them chomping on the yes carrot? i do just as a matter of fact uh awesome. the, an- the the animator on it is Ar- arthur davis arthur davis thank you so much for bringing that to the table yes yes, yes has he always done them um okay uh actually me and my friends were talking about this earlier but best as we we can tell the first one with bugs bunny up on the shield an animator hasn't really been discovered yet, but it's very, very possible it was done by one of Bugs Bunny's, well, quote-unquote, co-creators, Bobby Kipson. And then sometime oh. around the mid-40s, a decision was made that someone else would, would animate it. So kind of like an animation legend on his own right, because Art Davis, believe it or not, was actually the very first in-betweener, like, ever. Do you know what an in-betweener is? Yes, uh, but if you want to let our listeners know. Yeah, essentially, you know how, like, at each scene, there's, like... an an extreme pose where like there's there's like a specific pose that a character is acting and whatnot well there's well there's an animator or a person who would like see the two extremes of poses and then draws the the pose or the drawing in between and arthur davis was the first one he he basically over at the flesher studios in something in i believe 1924 he basically basically was the in-betweener that started the job. So it's wow. almost kind of poetic that he's the one who animates that Bugs Bunny intro. Oh, that's amazing. And I love that history behind it. That that really makes it special, I think, uh, knowing yeah, yeah. that. So, um, yeah, I noticed that Bugs is introing his own short here. And it's just, it's phenomenal animation. And yeah. then we have a, a baseball game going where the audience is cheering. Hats are in the air. There's little speckles of everything, kind of like Chuck Jones does uh, whenever Witch Hazel runs off the screen and you see the hairpins. Yeah, but yeah. this is like baseball paraphernalia going up in the air. And then you have you have a baseball game. And uh, there's a lot of musical cues here that I really like. The, the score changes with the beat. There's like a, a little number where the Gas House Gorillas are batting <laughs> just in a row, like knocking home runs out of the park in succinct fashion. And that's really fun. And yeah, then yeah. <laughs> and then Bugs, uh, Bugs basically uh, challenges them and they start the game all over again. <laughs> yeah, basically what I personally love about that intro is that essentially it exists to really how to put it just to set up the cartoon like it really doesn't matter if you're like if you're a baseball guy or not your baseball guy pretty much that first minute or so is just there to establish like how evil and despicable these people are and how innocent like the the people are now basically indifferent like both the announcer and the audience is so essentially what Bugs Bunny comes in the picture you know right away exactly what kind of op, what kind of environment what kind of opponent and basically what kind of cartoon he's in and let me tell you, man, Frizz Fairley was the master at that. He is the man for story structure. Let me tell you. Yeah, I love his shorts. And and this is one of my favorites of his. This definitely has a really tight plot and it briskly moves along. And I think it's a total of seven minutes. Yeah. I, it's really short, but also it's really fast. Yeah, like basically it's a cartoon where once the setup is, is set up and ready, the, the, 
the cartridge just does a gag a minute, a gag a minute, a gag a minute. And I believe it's Mike Maltese is credited on that one, though. It is possible that Ted Pierce was a co-writer because during this time around the years, both he and Ted were kind of like partners in crime, so to speak. It kind of wrote their like wrote the cartoon as a parody together. But since Mike ha has the credit, it's probably safe to assume that a lot of the gags and the kind of the structure of the cartoon is basically his doing. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, I love Ted Pierce as well. But Michael Maltese does something here that I really love. And that is setting up those jokes, paying them off, but also doing doing the whole thing within a, a really succinct time frame. And it's the opposite oh, yeah. of how you feel watching an actual baseball game. <laughs> this is, oh, yeah. This is the comedic, like shortened version of that. And it works. It works on every level. Essentially, what makes Mike Maltese stands out for like all like not necessarily other other writers over at Warner Bros, but kind of like as himself as a writer is that there's just a exuberance and like a confidence to all, all his gags is like just happen. Like they're 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 just gags in which once you just see it and hear it, you just can't help but burst out laughing whenever you you see it and hear it. And Mike was just so great at that. Like he is easily like one of the defining members of like the the Bugs Buddy crew, so to speak. Like he's he's a big reason why those cartoons are so funny. So one of my favorite gags in this is when one of the gas house gorillas pulls the umpire away and impersonates him while Bugs is rounding the bases. Bugs slides into home without even a catcher there, and the umpire calls him out. It's, it's clear that he's safe. And Bugs zoops into his suit. He's inches from his mouth and he goes, What do you mean I'm out? <laughs> <laughs> You're out! I say you're safe. If you don't like it, you can go to the showers. Okay then, Doc. Have it your way. I'm safe. Oh, me too. It's that phenomenal execution of reverse psychology that Bugs is known for. Yeah, special shout out too goes to the animator Virtual Ross, who is as far as I'm concerned, one of the greatest animators ever. Like, there's a way you could tell whatever virtual Ross animates something. There's always a way, like, he always moves the ears. He always moves the heads a, a, kind of like a certain way. And he always moves very, very fluidly. So whenever you see a virtual Ross scene, you're going to get some beautiful, beautiful animation that, man, he, every time I just see his animation, especially in Frozen's cartoons, I just get blown away every single time. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, and this this one has so much in it. Um, there's another scene. I mean, all the pitches, all of the fantastic <laughs> forms that Bugs has on the mound where he's winding up and he's doing these really crazy poses and then out comes a curveball or out comes a slow ball or out comes a really fast ball. It's changing the mechanism of what to expect and then getting something really funny out of that. Yeah, the gag structure is just beautiful. Everything about it works. The way Carl Stahl would like sets it, sets it up in a way in which you know the what kind of the music is there, but it's so enough that where the sound effects, Bell's acting and whatnot like, takes center focus. And with animators like Ken Chaplin, Minnie Perez, and Jerry Shinnequee, it's it's just funny stuff, man. It's it's just beautifully funny stuff. 
Yeah, and you got to imagine that all of them were sports fans. All of them loved the game of baseball. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going in there from from the entire probably termite terrace department. Everyone is throwing ideas and being like, "Oh, why don't why doesn't Bugs do this? Why doesn't Bugs do, Bugs do that?" <laughs> Off the top of my head, the only sport I'm aware of that uh, one of the directors really liked was bowling, and the guy who was the big bowler was Bobby Kipson. Bobby Kipson loved bowling. Oh, interesting. I wonder why we never got a bowling short. That's a good question. I'm I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, that's that's really great. And then uh, I also love the gags, the visual cues of something will happen to a gas house gorilla in the in left left field, let's say, and uh, he'll be like smashed up against the wall, and then there'll be an ad that has something to do with what's going on in, in that situation, and uh, it's really great visual yeah. humor as well. Yeah, shout out to Paul Julian for that. He was basically the background painter. And the way Frizz's car- cartoons were like in this period is where Paul Julian's backgrounds are like, they're so solid. Like when you look at his work, you can just, it just feels like backgrounds where like you can just touch it, feel the texture. It just, you just know exactly the, the kind of dimensions they have. And it's, it's just incredible. It, oddly enough, it actually fits the, the, the really rigid and moot fluidy animation in a, in an odd way it, it just works out perfectly speaking of the backgrounds i wanted to say that this short primarily takes place on a baseball field and it doesn't feel claustrophobic which is yeah, a fa- phenomenal work but then one of my favorite elements and i think frizz knows this is that if you stay in one location too long you get dull of it and oh yeah and this oh, yeah. one has uh and the final act you skip to like the final pitch basically and there is a, a potential homer that will end the game and it takes bugs and the gas house gorillas into the city and i love that we leave the field in such a comedic and quick way that you're thrown <laughs> for a loop of like oh we're actually like going out into the real world here and it's and it's just as funny as everything that happened within the park yeah what's Frizz Fairly, man, like, like as as you said, like he is so good at like say up gags, and I I noticed that it's really him that does it. Where like usually in like in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, he usually likes to set set his gags and it is setting just in one place, and then maybe once in a while there'll be a gag where it'll be somewhere else, and maybe it'll, it'll crescendo to like another place, but usually the the big sh- sh- like sandy ground of the of the cartoon is like in one place and then it can just goes anywhere depending on where, where the gags want to go and in this cartoon's case it's basically okay bugs is pretty much like pretty much going to be destroyed at any moment so what do we do okay we gotta go out and make this make these gags like grander than, than life so to speak and it, it it works great it's it's a it's a wonderful ending it does and and then you have the uh, the the Statue of Liberty <laughs> getting into the <laughs> argument going, that's what the man said. That's what the man said. All right. That's what the man that's said. That's what the man said. That's what the man said. That's what the man said. You heard what he said. He said that. You heard what the man said. He said that. That's what he said. He really said that. That's what he said. I also wanted to throw it over to Carl Starling, uh, as we mentioned before, for his in like really great subtle music work here. But there's also, I wonder if you know this, um, there's a chorus line that gives room for the montage to get us from the the beginning of Bugs uh, and him like starting to make way as far as runs and everything to get the, the game close at the end. There's a quartet song Ooh. talking about Bugs Bunny 
and it's just masterful. Well, thank you for all of that insight into Baseball Bugs. This is a classic. If you haven't rewatched it, it's on HBO Max right now. And I highly recommend revisiting it if you haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. Back in 1997, Bugs Bunny became the first cartoon character to appear on a U.S. postage stamp. The current USPS stamp collection that is featuring Bugs has this on Ooh. one of the stamps. It is Bugs on the Mound. Oh, yeah. I can't and wait to use it. I, I can't wait to own that collection. It, it just looks uh, really well done. All of the art is impeccable, and I, I love all of it. So. Uh, I'm really glad that I'm not a stamp man, but I'll start now. <laughs> I'm really glad that uh, this baseball bugs is featured. I had a stamp collection whenever I was a kid of only Bugs Bunny stamps, Ooh. and uh, I really love that this is coming back. Yeah, it's. I guess it comes full circles every 20 years or so. It does. Now I want to do a really quick shout out to a giveaway that I'm going to be doing on Instagram. <laughs> All you have to do is follow This Means Podcast on Instagram. Ooh to get yourself entered into a Sonic the Movie Blu-ray. This is Sonic the Hedgehog, directed by Jeff Fowler, starring Jim Carrey, James Marsden, and the voice of Ben Schwartzman as Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog came out last year, or this year, sorry. Uh, yeah, came this out year. this year. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> COVID's, make, COVID's making things longer. Can't blame you. It does. Wow. Um, but what, why I'm pairing this giveaway with baseball bugs is because there's a baseball bugs reference inside Sonic, the hedgehog movie Ooh. where Sonic plays baseball, uh, on an abandoned field against himself. And it's Sonic playing all of the positions on a baseball field. Attention, please. Attention. There's been a slight change in the teetotaler lineup catching Bugs Bunny, left field, Bugs Bunny, right field, Bugs Bunny. Pitching, Bugs Bunny, third base, Bugs Bunny, center field, Bugs Bunny, first base, Bugs Bunny, shortstop, Bugs Bunny, second base, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, and, one of the best guys of the whole movie. Yeah, and uh, if you got to steal, steal from the best. So <laughs> <laughs> they clearly went after uh, a really fun visual gag to set up the plot of the movie because this is the scene that electrifies the city and makes every everything go dark in the city and the energy surge that Dr. Robotnik is able to to track him with but yeah so i'm doing a giveaway of the blu-ray copy of sonic the hedgehog all you have to do is follow that instagram page like the post that i'll be posting about this podcast and about that giveaway and tag three of your friends in the comments and then i will be picking one of the lucky winners at random so you, you want to get this one folks it's a good one yeah i really had fun watching this movie yeah i uh, they, I, was I was hesitant I was I'm a Sonic guy and thumbs up for me. I enjoyed it. Awesome. I'm a Sonic guy as well. I grew up on the game. I was hesitant hey. about this movie because of all of the controversy about them changing the character design and all that stuff. And <laughs> oh, I think it turned oh, out really well times. though. I think it turned out really good well. Times. Totally. Totally. Like that. Definitely the biggest surprise of 2020 so far in the year that probably needs them. <laughs> I would agree. All right, Chase, where can people <laughs> find you on social media? Yeah, if for some reason you people like me, uh, I, probably the easiest way to find me is over at Twitter. Uh, my full name is Cap Entitled Woke Radical Pritchard. But just to make it easy, just look up <laughs> capital C underscore, capital A underscore, capital P underscore. I also have a Facebook account and I probably have a, oh yeah, I do have a Discord account. So feel free to add me over there as well as if, if you want. Awesome. But yeah, if you, 
If you want to make it easy, just go on Twitter. And I highly recommend following Chase because he does these phenomenal breakdowns of what artist is on what cell of animation and what scene of Looney Tunes. And he had a phenomenal breakdown of the falling hair recently that I just yeah, loved. That, yeah, that was fun. Like, I'm not sure I'm, I'm correct on the all mirrors, but let me tell you, breaking down a clamp, it's fun, but exhausting. <laughs> and that's one of my favorites as well. Um, I mean, how oh, do you yeah. not love it, the gremlin? It, oh, yeah. Following hair, man. I'm not sure if that's my favorite Bugs Bunny, but easy top 10, easily. Nice. And you can follow us at This Means Podcast, obviously on Instagram, but also uh, This Means Pod on Twitter and This Means Podcast on Facebook. Uh, Chase, thank you so much for being on this show. You're, you bet. It's a, it's a pleasure being here. And as our listeners know, that's not all, folks. He wants me paste Powerful, paralyzing, perfect peck of doing percussion pitch.